What went wrong for the Heat? With game six just hours away, we break down if Jimmy Butler can get back to dominating versus the Knicks. If Jason Lawrence... Three, two, one. What went wrong for the Heat? With game six just hours away, we break down if Jimmy Butler can get back to dominating versus the Knicks. If Jalen Brunson can be stopped. And if game six is a must win for the Heat. It's five burning questions on today's playoff edition of Locked on Heat. You are locked on Heat. Your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg here with Dave Vermill. However, you might be tuning in on YouTube, your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On your first listen every day. Five burning questions for you today. We'll talk about... How the Heat can slow down Jalen Brunson and ask if Friday night's game six is a must win. But let's start with this sound from Jimmy Butler after Wednesday's game five loss. I'm never surprised with anything come playoff basketball time. Um, your best is needed all 48 minutes, if more. Um, if you're going in overtime, you know, if, if Spo tells me to play 48 minutes, I will be suited and booted and ready to do that. And uh, we'll win. He's on fire! Does Jimmy Butler have to play 48 minutes? This is the first of our uh, five burning questions, David. Uh, are you prepared for him to be suited and booted for all 48? <laughs> I like suited and booted, but no, definitely not for 48 minutes. And hopefully not I in think... a boot. Hopefully that ankle's okay. That's I, I think boots maybe. I understand the reference, but yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> so not a literal boot though. Uh, as far as whether or not he has to play 48 minutes, I, I think there was a sign of desperation that paid off for New York. What else do they have? You know, with Emmanuel quickly hurt with Josh Hart in foul trouble. That's why Quentin Grimes and Jalen Brunson wound up playing for as long as they did. Not to mention the fact that both of them were effective in their own respective roles for Jimmy to play 48 minutes would indicate that Miami has, not necessarily a need because there is a need for Jimmy to play well, but not necessarily for 48 minutes because they're in a desperate position where they're down by a significant amount late in the game. And the only way for them to claw their way back, if they have any kind of momentum whatsoever, is for Jimmy to put on his cape and dominate yes, yet again, as we've seen throughout the playoffs against the Bucks in, in, in the play-in tournament versus the Chicago Bulls, et cetera. Hopefully that won't be the case. I, I think if for Miami – the plan is to be more effective, to shoot better, to be able to get to their opportunities and take advantage of 50-50 loose balls the way we talked about following the game five loss and, and not necessarily to over-rely on Jimmy Butler. More importantly, I think, if you wind up playing Jimmy Butler again, and the only requirement for that would be because they're in a desperate situation down by a significant amount late in the game, now you're talking about playing him for a full 48 minutes, putting extra pressure on him with the potential of going into a New York Knicks-Madison Square Garden game seven and if you're somehow able to win that then you're going on yeah. again to go to the eastern conference finals you cannot put that pressure on jimmy butler like i, I, I mean, look i know that they're going to try it if they have to i don't think it's necessary i think miami has enough they had enough yesterday jimmy wasn't required to play 40 minutes he played 43 a lot more than i thought that they he, he probably could have based on how lackluster well, he, he played all was. he played all 12 fourth quarter minutes because the I game understand. was sort of hanging in the balance and that was I think that's probably the game plan going into game six. I don't think that Spo needs to draw it up the way that Tibbs did with Jalen Brunson. Say, hey, you're going to go all 48. Are you ready to go for that? Yeah, um, they didn't have like much Jimmy's... alternative, right? I mean, like I said, what, what else? What other choices do they have on that? That was bench? it. You, that, that was like a game seven adjustment, right? 
Um, and you and I talked about like, I don't really know what the Knicks can do yeah. differently going into game five. Then the, the, maybe they can experiment with some small ball line, but there wasn't like an obvious thing there. And other than, I guess, just playing your best guys the entire game, uh, kind of what you're talking about with the wear and tear that you're you're risking with Jimmy Butler going forward. Like, I don't know, like what? Jalen Brunson is going to play 48 minutes again in game six? Right. Like, probably, right? They're still on the brink of elimination. It's still their season right. on the line. Um, and then what? The Knicks win that game and he plays 48 minutes in game seven? Like, th that just seems to me like, like, that's not sustainable. And Quentin Grimes, that wasn't the plan. It was because Josh Hart got into foul trouble early on, but still, like, Josh Hart, you couldn't throw him out there for a few more minutes. You couldn't go to somebody off of your bench because Tibbs does just he's completely ruled out playing guys like Derrick Rose or anybody like that off the bench. Uh, McBride, nobody like that. So um, this feels like the last resort for the New York Knicks. And for the Miami Heat, I don't think they need to go to that point. If this is game seven in Madison Square Garden, then maybe we have that conversation sure. about full suited and booted for 48 minutes. But right now, I think it's going to be um, – plan just like you did and if, if you need to play all 12 minutes in the fourth then you do it you know you try to win this game because i don't think you want to go to madison square for game seven but um the other I part think, of this too is the yeah. reason why the knicks had to do the jalen brunson thing was because their bench had been so bad right. the heat are still winning the non-jimmy butler minutes the yeah, one thing i market. will say is probably eliminate that stretch in the beginning of that second quarter there was like three minutes where it's not jimmy or bam on the court it's been a positive the well, previous yeah. two games i think you got to put bam out there to start the second quarter Make sure one of them is always on the court, but I don't know that you got to go full 48 with Jimmy. And, and I will say, I think also Jimmy wanted playing for as much as they did. One, because again, they were in a double-digit deficit, but also with Duncan Robinson out there, his, whose defense was not bad. Like, I, I know that Duncan's been criticized for his defense, and rightfully so, but I don't think it was as porous as it was. On he a did a good job of kicking him out of switches and stuff like that, and he was right. he was good at the top of the zone when they went yeah. to it. So I I, th I think he was also feeling it. He was hot. He was a, a main source of their offense and part of yep. their comeback during that second half when they were shooting so well. Yep. And we didn't see a lot of Max Struess in that period because well Duncan was out there. But if you've got Duncan out there, you're gonna you know give up something defensively. And I texted you during the game. I thought, well, you're gonna have to put Bam or Jimmy out there. Leave them out there while Duncan's out there until one of them comes out because you can't go to that reserve unit that we've seen, which was pretty effective in games three and four here in Miami. But we can't afford to do that using your two yeah. best defenders and having them all be on the bench, especially with Gabe Vincent struggling offensively as well. Mm -hmm. um, Jalen Brunson, we talked about him. His 38 minutes, a master or 48 minutes, a masterpiece. 38 points on 22 shots. He had seven assists, mm. um, nine rebounds, and a near triple double. Got to the line, 10 of 12 from the free throw line. It brings us to our next burning question, David. How can the Heat slow down Jalen Brunson? He's on Oh, yeah. That's a little too uh, accurate there, him being on fire. I don't think they can slow down Jalen Brunson. I really don't. I think, if anything, they should lean into just letting him get his. Maybe it's not exactly a tried-and-true huh. strategy, but I, I I think the concern is everybody else. Like, you have to be able to win on the margins. You have to be able to limit Randall and his touches. You have to be able to keep Barrett, who also had a pretty solid game overall. Uh, I, I, I don't think that there's a strategy for Brunson. And I don't think you're, again... We can't see Jimmy uh, Jimmy back on Brunson the way it was earlier in the series. But I also don't think you can afford to continue to tax Gabe Vincent. Like part of why his offense has been falling off, I think, is because he's picking up Brunson full court. And that's taxing him, especially due to the physical nature of Brunson. So to from my perspective, uh, I don't know if you pick him up full court. I don't know that you can just defend him as closely as you have. I think you can pick him up at half court and 
let him, you know, he's, it hasn't slowed him down. How about that? Going full court hasn't made enough of a difference, at least not in game five. So I don't know that you necessarily want to continue going to that level I didn't notice any. Here. I didn't notice anything. The whole purpose of picking up somebody full court is to take them out of the rhythm, get them out of their comfort zone. And Jalen yeah. Brunson was fine with it. He was like, he just got Gabe yeah. on his on his hip, you know, 40 feet away from the basket. And he was like, all right, you want to just ride me for 40 feet? Ride me for 40 feet. I'm fine with it. Let's hang out. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, let's hop on the bus, baby. So it was like, I, I do, I, I don't know that I would go so far as to say just let him get his. I, I, but I also wouldn't overreact to the big game that he did have. You do want to keep Gabe Vincent out of foul trouble so he could be a little bit more aggressive. He ended up with four fouls in that game. I think three or maybe all four of them were in the first half. Certainly three of them were in the first half. You got to, you can't let him get in foul trouble. Maybe knock off the full court thing, or maybe you know throw it in a little bit more. Be you know kind of sprinkle it in. Don't like kind of frost the whole cake with it. But I, I do think that they need to figure a different way out to get Jalen Brunson out of his comfort zone. I, I have liked Jimmy Butler on RJ Barrett, kind of having that step in the that that one foot in the paint. There was a big play uh, in that game where Jalen Brunson blew by Gabe Vincent, and then Jimmy came from the weak side and blocked Jalen's shot at the basket. That was really the only time I saw that that new thing work, and I think part of it has been the Knicks moving RJ Barrett to the other side of the floor than where. Uh, Jalen Brunson is so that, you know, Jim Miller has to take that much more, uh, has yeah. to make up that much more space in order to get to Jalen Brunson. So that's been a right. good adjustment by the Knicks. But uh, I, I think that that overall strategy will still work. I would like to see them double team them. They barely double teamed them at all in the last game. Part of that is because they had to go to zone late with so many guys in foul trouble where you're not really double teaming out of a zone, right? You can kind of blitz and show a little bit, but even that was very conservative from them because they were so concerned about Jalen getting downhill. So what I, I would try to mix in some more double teams. Right. Just just maybe I get that you don't want to play off of Quentin Grimes the same way that you would play off of Josh Hart. Grimes went two of six from three point range the other night, but uh, I would do it anyway. And if Quentin Grimes makes eight three pointers, let him make eight three pointers. I, I, I'm i kind of daring him to make those Ooh. shots. Um, what about all that either? <laughs> I mean, he seems like their most dangerous shooter. I mean, aside from Brunson, really, I, he's, he's been the only one who's been somewhat effective, at least from three point range. He just hasn't or play off of somebody else, play off of Barrett, play off of somebody. But I would, I would be aggressive in, in throwing in some double. What about Caleb on Martin? Brunson. Yeah. I mean, Caleb Martin coming off the bench, you could, they, they use him quite a bit. His, his minutes were better on Jalen in game five than I thought yeah. Gabe's were. Uh, the shooting percentages bear that out. Some of that is just small sample size theater, but. Um, that length of, of Caleb Martin does seem to bother Jalen Brunson a little bit. A little but, more physical. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. just a mismatch. Brunson and wanted, Gabe well, both undersized. But okay. We're going yeah, to let, let's keep having this conversation. Uh, we'll also talk if the Heat should not overreact to game five as they prepare for game six. That's coming up in the next segment. David, tell listeners about our sponsor. Well, today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit right or you get your money back. Because just like in sports, Confidence is the name of the game, and when you shop on eBay Motors with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be uh, back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices by going to ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay's guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. 
Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every day, we'll be, we'll be at the arena for Friday night's Game 6. We'll have a recap after the game. Um, let's let's keep talking about what we were talking about. Jalen Brunson, how we slow them, uh, how the Heat try to go about slowing him down. Do you like the double-team idea? Yeah, I, I mean, daring somebody else to knock them out is probably more effective than letting the one player who's been the most consistent on the New York side of things continue to have their opportunities. If you're going to be giving up those points, you, you probably want somebody else like Grimes or Barrett or Hart especially uh, to be you know shooting the ball there because I think it's, it's more advantageous. The percentages are better and more in Miami's favor. So, yeah, yep. I, I think that certainly works. You just have to be careful with it. Look, it, we saw – the pressure getting to Brunson in games three and four when they did when they would double him on occasion, he would force the ball, a bad pass, yeah. a turnover, et cetera. I guess they There's just kind of went away from five. that game five. Yeah. I watched it all this morning. Like we've seen the Heat do this with Trey Young in the past. We saw them to your point do it against Jalen Brunson, even in this series. Just get to more of that. It doesn't have to be full on double team from half court. It's when he Jalen Brunson loves to use these ball screens and he's so good. He's like a pitcher. Right where he's like, all right, I'm going to change up here, curveball here, fastball here. It's like Jalen Brunson. I'm going to reject the screen. I'm going to use the screen. I'm going to force you to go over. I'm going to hesitate. I'm going to fake it this way. He's so good at keeping you guessing as a defender. He's so shifty that uh, when you when you trap him coming off of those ball screens, it just eliminates some of his options. Right, and I and I just didn't see any of that in Game Five. And I thought he was able to get comfortable and get to his shots, whether it was getting to the basket. Or uh, or even getting those step back three pointers that he likes to get to. When you have somebody hedging on those pick and rolls, or even being more aggressive and trapping, it kind of takes away the ability to get to those step back threes. But um, in terms of the overall game plan, how much of the Heat's game plan did you like in Game Five? Was this just a matter of them missing shots? Um, are there some big changes that you would like to see? In other words, David, should the Heat be careful not to overreact to Game Five? That's our next burning question. He's on yeah. fire! I, I don't see a need for an overreaction, even as we were talking about it yesterday when the minutes of the game actually ending. It, it seemed pretty apparent that Miami had a very good chance of being able to steal game five in New York and close out the series. It's just some things didn't work out their way. And those are the things that you can't control, nor can you plan. You put yourself planning puts you in a position to succeed. And Miami was in that position. They just couldn't get it done because of things that you can't account for, like the lack of shooting, uh, you know, again, regressing to the mean as they have. Uh, throughout this series against the Knicks, unfortunately. And, of course, the loose balls and things of that sort. Like, you can't put yourself in a position. I think the the rebounding, perhaps, could have been a little bit more active. But, again, you have to give credit to New York for altering their game plan because they were in a position of desperation where they needed to win yesterday's game. And they played with just enough more intensity to be able mm -hmm. to – outreach Miami and get past them into those situations to put themselves to capitalize on those opportunities when they came about. So I don't know that there's a, a change to the game plan that would be very effective or more effective than what we saw in games three, four, and five. Like I think the strategy is there. The shots were open. The opportunities were there. Miami just couldn't capitalize. And I think it's as simple as that. If they missed even a few, or if they made a few more of the open threes that they missed, yeah, we're having a sure. completely different podcast right now. We're looking ahead to tonight's game against right. Philly and Boston right. and, and wondering right. which Making team would be the better matchup right. and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So yeah. Um, I don't, yeah, I, I don't want to overreact to this either because this could have been a, a very different show um, if they just miss, or if they just make a few more of those threes that they missed. Um, I do think though that they need to focus on, Narrowing the rebound margin. It was a 50 to 34 margin in game five. That can't be like that again. And in the fast break points, the Knicks outscored the Heat fast break points 16 to nine 
Um, the Heat have been missing open shots all series, right? Mm-hmm. So this is not new, right? Actually, it, it's exactly what they've been shooting. They 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 shot thirty percent last night. They've they're at thirty one percent for the series. So they've been able to win these games by winning those other things on the margins, like you were talking about. Um, I think that they need to um, make a concerted effort to get back on the break, get those fast break points up a little bit, finding those easy baskets and transition off of Kevin Love outlet passes. Uh, also, well, that's a way to get Jimmy Butler away from Quentin Grimes and get him more opportunities to score. Like that, to me, would be the key. Kevin Love is an interesting name there because I think the shooting was particularly egregious yesterday, and, and he does six provide on the series from three point yeah, range, zero for seven in Game Five alone, and and a lot of those at key moments there where either the Knicks were starting to build their lead or just expand it and then continue to get the kind of momentum. Like we saw in the, the transition between the third and fourth quarter, they were really good. The first and second quarter also, like that's where they just wind up pushing ahead. After Miami had established a 10-point lead in that first quarter, 24 to 14, it looked like the Knicks were done, and then all of a sudden things just fell apart. And I think part of that was the inability to make shots. You can't just look at at Love alone, and Gabe struggled. Everybody struggled from three with the exception of Max Struess and Duncan Robinson, who went 9 of 20 a combined nine to 20. So I, I just wonder whether or not Spo needs a quicker hook. And I don't know that there's another option out there. Hey, would Highsmith was part of that uh, unfortunate Knicks run as well. His defense was a spark in Miami in New York. It was a problem. He wasn't really doing much offensively, obviously, but even defensively, he wasn't I much of a factor. I, I, I think the Haywood Highsmith, like those two and a half minutes to start the second quarter. I think those are probably gone. I think Spo maybe goes to an eight man rotation uh, I'm sorry, a nine-man rotation with Lowry, Caleb, Zeller, and Duncan off the bench. Mm, mm. Um, and it's probably a little bit overdue. I understand that that second unit at the start of the second quarters have been a positives in the previous two games before game five. But uh, Highsmith High High hasn't done anything. He was a, he was, I like Haywood Highsmith. He was a placeholder in those second units during those runs. It was just to give Jimmy and need, Bam a break. And that does was Spo it. need a quicker hook on Kevin Love? I mean, he only played 16 minutes. I feel like the hook has been pretty quick. He only played yeah. 16 minutes in the last game. I, 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 I the, the thing with Kevin Love is you need him out there for for a, a body to put on Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Hartenstein. And, and though Robinson yeah. had his first good game in the series, uh, it was also his first good game of the series. I would expect Kevin Love at home to bounce back a little bit more. Um, you can't really start Caleb Martin because of the size issue. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to put Bam on... Right. If you put Bam on 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 the other center, then that leaves maybe Jimmy Butler on Julius Randle, and now you're not getting that hedging that you liked. And maybe that's what you try to do. But I, I I didn't think I don't think Caleb Martin was lighting it up either enough to the point where you want to start him. I I like what the Heat have done. I would not overreact. I would stick with the same starting five. I think it's worked. Um, and I, I think I think Kevin Love is important. It wasn't his best game, right. um, on Wednesday night. But those outlet passes, those little in between things, the rebounding. Like when we talk about how the Heat are going to narrow the rebounding edge and create more yeah. fast break opportunities, best rebounder or it kind of starts with Kevin Love, right? So yeah. I, I think he's going to be important if the Heat are going to go ahead and win game six. I agree. Um, anything else here in terms of overreactions? Uh, or should we no, uh, no overreactions from from like the Heat fan base and, and the team in general? I, I think they've been pretty measured. I think it was an unfortunate loss, and I think the team understands what's at stake. They let one slip away. They would have rather locked it up on Wednesday night. Unfortunate for them that they weren't able to do so. So I, I think I think it's been pretty balanced overall as far as I think the, their game uh, plan has been the better one. I still think that the Heat are the better team. Um but it's a playoff series. Anything can happen. Small sample sizes mm-hmm. uh can go either way. With that said, is Friday's game six a must win? Plus 
Should we trust the Corgi? That's next on Locked on Heat. <laughs> Thank you for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Everydayers will be at the arena for Friday night's game six, and we're going to have a recap after the game. You can reach Locked on Heat on Twitter, Instagram, email us, lockedonheat at gmail.com. Game six is at home in Miami. Game seven would be in New York if it gets to that point. With that said, David, is game six a must win for the Miami Heat? No, it isn't. I, I, I waffle between this because like part of me, the, the vibe check is that Miami should be able to close it out at home. This is your best opportunity. You're going to have the crowd behind you despite all the MSG South nonsense and everything else. I think, you know, that we've seen this team play so much more effectively. I don't think that they necessarily get a home friendly whistle or anything like that. But I think part of that momentum, some of those build those plays that you can build off of, uh, you know, the foundation for what could be a good game or a good win come more easily at home. And I think you feel that energy because the home crowd has been fantastic. They've drowned out the Knicks noise, however small it might be. And they have cheered on their team. And we've seen it like games three and four against Milwaukee and New York were electric environments in that home arena. And I think you, you, you just, you hustle a little bit more, you get bam, you know, collecting those rebounds. You have that possession they had in game four where it was offensive rebound after offensive rebound. They didn't have that energy in game five. And a lot of that do credit where it is to the New York Knicks and their overall physicality and taking Miami out of what their comfort zone had been. But I think you're, you'll be able to reclaim some of that energy in Miami. Having said all that, I think Miami has been in good positions to win both games two and game five. You know, in game two without... Jimmy Butler, without, with the exception of the five-minute stretch late in that quarter where some questionable officiating may or may not have had a, been a factor, like Miami has been able to win in New York. I don't think the, New York has not clearly been able to show the ability to win in Miami. So if it goes down to a game seven, I know Knicks fans will be encouraged. Knicks in seven, that's the way it was supposed to be, et cetera. They were all questioning the nature of their existence. Yeah following game five you know so but now that another oh game four excuse me now that if we got another win there i think they're a little bit more encouraged by it but i i think miami has shown that they can win on the road something the knicks have not been able to do against the heat against the Cavs, yeah. certainly but not against the heat um it's not a must win because game seven is a must win uh if we're going to be literal about it but I, I i think that this is as close to a must win as it gets without being a must win because um, I don't over, I'm not overreacting. You and I are not overreacting to game five. I think the Heat are the better team um in this series, and I expect them to win this series. And I do expect them to win Friday night. I do. Um, I also expected them to win Wednesday night at Madison Square Garden, and they didn't. So what do I know? But um, if the Knicks were to come into Miami and win that game, now we're talking about real momentum. Now we're talking about real overreactions. Now we're talking about real worry for the Heat having to go to New York and, and get that game at Madison Square Garden. You're right. The fans are going to be more uh, uh, up for it. The Knicks are going to be more up for it. They're going to have all the momentum. Like, you do not want to go. And I, so I would, I'm not going to say this is a must win, but I would say that I would approach this as if it were a game seven if I were the Miami Heat. You do not want to have to pack your bags and go back to New York. You don't want, you want to avoid sure. that at all costs. So um, if, if you and I don't think that Jimmy Butler, uh, Butler needs to play 48 minutes, but if Spo does, play him 48 minutes. Like, treat this as if it were a game seven. You cannot worry about, okay, our, our guy's going to be tired for game, a game seven potentially. If You can't worry about any of that. Go out there, win this game. You have to, it's, you just don't want to risk it. One game, anything can happen. 
the counter to that for me is the question, the X factor of Jimmy's overall health, because he did not look 100%. And I know that he downplayed it and he was limping before the game. We questioned whether or not that was true. And then he wound up having that lackluster performance. So you have to wonder whether or not it's much more of a factor than even he'd like to publicly admit. And having said that, if they lose game six by any chance, I think a big part of that reasoning behind it would be that Jimmy wasn't able to step up the way he has throughout the postseason. And if that's the case, then there are lingering issues there with that uh, that injury. And, and I don't know that you want to go and put him into that environment in game seven and count on being able to win if he's not at 100% or far below whatever he's supposed to be at. So I, I don't know. There, there are concerns there. Isn't that an argument then to play him the 48 minutes, just go all the way out. That way you get create as much rest between this series and the next series as possible. Yes I would rather him no. play an extra three or four minutes in game six than another 42 minutes yeah. uh, in game seven. That's fair. I, 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 The hope, the ideal for Miami is that, you know, they blow him out in the first half, are up 20 in the third sure. quarter, and then Jimmy doesn't have to play at all. But that just hasn't been um, the case. With these Knicks teams, both teams have been very, very evenly matched all season long during the regular season, during the postseason. My uh, guess is yeah. he still gets the the two minute break at the start of the second quarter, the two or three minute break, um, and he probably plays something like forty four or forty five minutes if this thing is close down the stretch. But um, besides the Jimmy Butler point, if I'm the Miami, I'm still I'm acting like this is Game Seven. I'm whatever whatever extra stuff that Spo is hanging on the 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 hack of Mitchell Robinson kind of mm. little quirks and and things that he's throwing into these. Like, whatever you got, it's a kitchen sink game to me. It is. Like, whatever else you have that can help you. You're not holding on to anything. You are trying to avoid going what? to New York as much as possible. What else um, is there? Like, what else? Oh, is I don't know. Like I didn't a... think they were going to go hack a Mitchell Robinson. I, like, like I don't know if, if our, our listeners ever got to it, but, like, I don't remember him ever going to hack a Robinson like no. we are talking about. Like, no, somebody who else knows what Spo's going to come up with. All I'm saying is, like, whatever he's got, if you think you have to use it, just use it. Don't don't hang on to any cool sideline out of bounds plays that you've been scheming up like nothing. Just <laughs> right. go for it. Just right. go for it. Empty the clip on this one. Um, final question here, David. He's on fire. Do you believe in the corgi? For those who haven't seen it, there's a corgi that has gone viral on social media for correctly guessing a playoff series in these playoffs. He bounces a ball off of a staircase. It drops into two one of two buckets that represent each team so far. The Corgi has gotten every game right in this Heat-Knicks series. He also has the Heat winning game six to close it out. David, do you believe in the Corgi? 100%. We've seen this throughout human history, animal and human history. The partnership there when it comes to large sporting events is undeniable. Otto the Octopus, the late great Otto the Octopus, yes. accurately predicting Yes, I think so. The wow. World Cup, yeah, I think he, he he that was his last prediction, and it was right. You know, uh, going out on top, of course. Yeah, well, that's that's the way you do it. I mean, I don't know if the corgi obviously doesn't have that kind of longevity, unfortunately, but uh, you know, at least for the next for corgis, it's like their hips you know, or something. It's not it's not every four. Well, I mean, they're just small little mutants of uh, dogs. You know, they don't really count. Uh, but as far as you know, wow, they, they, shots cor- fired at corgi. What was it that drive by on corgis? People love corgis. <laughs> yeah. Because people are stupid and <laughs> loving a corgi is ridiculous. Wow. Like, oh, <laughs> what happened? This is spiraling out of control. Dave. You Corgi's believe in the like... corgi, the stupid corgi? Yeah, I do believe in the corgi. Yeah, okay. I do. All right. I do. I'll I wrap believe... it up there again. I, I, uh, I love the corgi. I'm all for this kind of stuff. Um, I'm going to be really disappointed when it turns out that this is an AI corgi. No. And it's just, we've all been fake. Like, this is some sort of deep fake thing. I'm is just... it a, a Heat fan who posted this in the first place? 
I don't know who posted it. I just keep seeing it. Like it's Damn it's it. doing the Lakers Warriors series. I think it's got those games right too, unless I missed uh, whatever happened with the prediction in last night's game. So it like this Corgi is just on top of it. Like just fire everybody that works for TNT ESPN that's doing predictions and hire that's a Corgi. Sure. That's um, uh, I would be okay with a Corgi in a suit. I'm pro Corgi. I don't know why you're so anti Corgi. I don't I'm know not, what happened. I'm not. I just I just okay. It's a little hot stirring here. Stirring it up. Stirring yeah. it up. Yeah. Absolutely. Don't don't have New York corgi lovers coming at me in my in my mentions or anything like that. Um, I hope the corgi's right for Friday. Thanks again for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every dayers, we'll be back tomorrow night from the arena with a recap of Game Six. In the meantime, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your podcast app. David, thanks for joining me. You got it, Wes.